It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with home field this season to keep Pitt fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSONS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis. There's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSONS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. Hello and welcome back to the Loyal Sun Show. That's at the Loyal Suns on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Follow us there and follow us here for pit sports content you will not want to miss. If you love stress-free Saturdays, and hate that we might not get the physical comedy of Phil playing tight end after all, this is the place for you. The Loyal Sun Show, a safe, sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix, brought to you by Section 5. So glad everyone could join us after the bye week. Squid, Dylan, how was your Saturday off? Did you get to take in some of the non-pit, non-heartbreaking college football games this week? Well, you and I were in a six-hour car ride back to Pittsburgh from a wedding. An amazing wedding for one of our best friends this weekend. Congratulations, Tony and Bree. Um, honestly, I stayed away from college football a good bit this weekend. I, I watched a little bit here and there, but I think as a whole, I just needed a little bit of a break, a little bit of a uh, you know, refreshing Refreshing Saturday. I did watch a good bit of the Louisville Notre Dame game. I will say palate cleanse. Yeah, a palate cleanse. Um, and it was nice. I'm not gonna lie. The, this was a well needed and well deserved bye week for us. Yeah, I was driving back from New Jersey, and I watched a little bit of the Red River rivalry on my phone, uh, just because that game is electric. I always love watching it. Um, I unfortunately had some futures on Texas, which. That's what I get for thinking Texas was back. Irregardless, I got home and was sleep deprived. So I slept for a while and I woke up and like rolled over like half unconscious to see like what was happening on my scores app. And I didn't have time to pull it up in time, but I looked at Twitter and just saw a bunch of like, what the fuck Miami, what is wrong with Mario Cristobal tweets? And was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta see what's going on here. And I came to my senses and put that on and laughed for quite a while. Yeah, I feel like we got to talk about that a little bit before we get into pit stuff because pit stuff is a little bit sad right now. And if we can revel in the misery of Miami, we're going to take that opportunity. So, uh, yeah, holy shit, Mario Cristobal. Just like the most inexplicable coaching mistake I've ever seen at any level in any sport. I mean, you just, you're a team 
who's rolling a little bit. Miami was what four and five and coming into that game. Seventeen in the country. Number seventeen in the country have a legitimate shot, like right in the thick of things in the ACC championship race, and you blew it because you just chose not to win the game. Is what you did when you made the decision to hand it off to your running back. You took your chances decided to hand it off the running back instead of kneeling, you took your chances from 100% of winning the game down to, well, what it ended up being. It was weird. I have never wanted to watch an opposing coach's press conference so bad in my life. I was refreshing the like Miami University football YouTube page over and over to see what Mario Cristobal had to say as to why he didn't do that, and he straight up did not have a good answer. He said he had to, he didn't recalibrate and he didn't use a timeout. He said they should have e. used a call a timeout to call an E. Yeah. I, it's like, can you not just like, okay, hey, quarterback, take a knee. It, it's not that hard. And then he got asked again. He's like, we should have not the ball. Didn't explain why he didn't, but I, that whole thing was so dumb. It's probably better that he left it that way. But the fumble, the two big plays, I don't know how you let a guy get behind you in that situation, but that was like the sixth dumbest thing that happened. It's all around great job. And he has a history of this. This happened Mm -hmm. at Oregon against Stanford, and I saw someone else, uh, a bunch of screenshots from like past games from this season, and when they're winning at the end of the games, they just... they just do not kneel the ball. They run the ball until the clock expires. So wait, didn't you say the running back had like 97 yards going into that? Yeah, play? my conspiracy theory is that uh, their running back, uh, Don Chaney, I think he had 97 or 98 yards before that last rush. So he did get over 100 yards. It was probably worth it. Uh, then. Oh, for sure. No, I can't believe any of this. I feel like ever since the miracle in the Meadowlands, which is like, the most famous version of this happening every team that hasn't been coached by Mario Cristobal has been smart enough to take the free win. It's literally free. Just don't drop the snap. The defense can't rush. I I'm so baffled, but so happy it happened to who it happened to. I was going to say it couldn't happen to a better program or worse program. However you want to look at that. Speaking of worst programs, oh, uh, we took our six minutes of fun taking shots at Miami. Now we're back to back to earth. We have a game this week. While it was a bye week for Pitt, it did not lack entertainment. Yeah, this is like the most there's a lot of comedic effect with this week like it was like a bye week comedic relief would be the term i guess it's like sure. uh, we're, we're down we're down bad just an absolute dumpster fire of a season programs in turmoil wait phil phil's gonna play tight end like actually that's a oh that's being reported by no hiles and chris peak that's not just that's not just us making a funny like fake tweet I think we definitely jokingly said that at some point. We said, you know what? I've seen enough at 
quarterback, but if Phil wants to try out a tight end, why not? He's big enough. We're, I was a little upset because we recorded last week just one episode for the bye week, and that was before Phil even got benched. So I think I don't know if it was yeah. after we recorded or the next morning, we're like, oh, Phil's not going to start this week. It's pretty big news. And then that became like the second storyline of, of the, the bye <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah, I was gonna say we're kind of burying the lead here. Um, okay, the, yeah, we can we can talk about that. The Veyer era, or as we are gonna trademark the Veyer has started in the city of Pittsburgh. Phil Trakovic was benched, and Pitt has decided to go all in on the future after just an abysmal start. Yes. Are you guys Correct. surprised it took this long? Let's start there. Squid, I think you made the call. Early. I think Chris Carter made the call. Chris made the call. And I feel like Squid did. He he thought the earliest would be maybe after the UNC game, you said. And then Chris brought up the point that there was a bye week after Virginia Tech. Um, Am I surprised? I'm not surprised because it's Narduzzi and Signetti. But I think I was surprised that like how terribly bad it was and that a change hadn't been made. I would say that like, I don't know yeah, if you see much... a quarterback going three for 12. I don't think there's much precedent, precedent for what Phil was doing. Yeah. After the West Virginia game, if that game just happens in a vacuum, there's no, Oh, this kid transferred here. You used to be from Pittsburgh and all this other stuff. You'd be like, that guy is so bad. He cannot play again. But I think everything else surrounding it, coaches think they're smarter than they are. Loyalty, who knows? I think it's more the latter. I think there was a lot of loyalty involved. Signetti is very close with Phil, and I really don't think he wanted to embarrass him. But we did also call it before the season with our headline. I guess mostly Noah called it. We just presented the headline that... um. There is going to get a shot at some point. Well, no, then, no, 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 no. Yes. told us that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, we aren't giving Noah credit for this. Oh, I was going to give him credit for saying what it would take for it to happen. Oh, okay, okay. Because so, Dylan and I were the ones calling our yeah. shots on the Veyera starting early in Pittsburgh. David was the conductor of the Veyera hype train, and Dylan was shoveling the coal into the little <laughs> fiery thing. and The furnace. The furnace, sure. That same thing. Anyway... <laughs> You you two get credit for that, but we asked no. What would it take for this to happen? And he would say they'd have to be so bad they're like out of bowl contention bad. And we we're like, oh boy, I would. I hope that's not the case. But I guess that that's exactly where we're at. This, the season is over, and we have to see what we got. Yeah, yeah, we do. And I was just a hobo who jumped on like the third to last card on the train, and now I'm just here for the ride. What do we think the like defining moment was? What do you think after Narduzzi watched like the the flat route he tried to throw to Malcolm Epps like for the thirtieth time? <laughs> he just was like running it back in his in his in his office. Like, okay, well maybe. He was looking and wanted. No, that couldn't be it. Um, well, maybe he slipped and saw. No, that doesn't look like it's it. And then after Narduzzi watched the play for the fiftieth time and could not think of a single 
reason for why that play happened or several of the other incompletions that he's thrown throughout the season. Because I know I've done this. I've watched that play at this point probably 50 to 100 times trying to figure out what happened. Uh, at that point, do you think Narduzzi just said, like, yep, yeah, this is this isn't going to happen? I think for me, you'd have to narrow it down to which earth-shatteringly bad performance we think was like kind of the tipping point. If we thought that like he had kind of sealed his fate at a certain point and they were just waiting for the buy. Um, Maybe I, cause I think there's a point in every game where you had to sit and think to yourself, like, is everything okay? What could possibly be causing this? Cause I, I don't know. You know, if you aren't chronically on Twitter, you probably don't know the play Dylan was referring to, but it was, it was play action rollout uh, to the right. Malcolm Epps was just six yards in front of him for a quick little dump off so he could turn up field, like kind of mirroring him. And he just threw it at ankle level three yards behind him. I mean, I mean, a throw that like your grandmother could make if you if you gave her if you took five seconds to teach her how to hold a football like she's hitting it. Yeah, and so that could have been it, or like you said, it could have been they knew in the first or the whole. I don't know because the UNC game. I was on here saying I don't know. Phil looks like he gives us the best chance to win at this point. He was eleven for fifteen in the first half against UNC. They are through two picks, so maybe the coaches talked themselves back into it, and then maybe they had the same progression of thoughts that i did was watching that virginia tech game and go yeah okay no that's not any better and it won't get any better i think the bye week's the biggest thing gives christian two weeks to get comfortable with like hey i'm the starter this is how i'm going to go about my business and come out of the tunnel and take the first snap on saturday because after goes- saturday we got at wake forest solid team but we're staring down Notre Dame and Florida State. You don't want to try to a new quarterback with those teams. So better sooner than later. Let them get his feet wet. Maybe. I mean, Louisville's pretty good too. So, I mean, they're undefeated, right? 14th in the country right now. Just yeah. beat Notre Dame, actually. Beat them pretty handily. So we'll we'll get into that impending nightmare in our next segment. But it also gives Phil two weeks to learn how to play tight end. Hmm. So, oh boy! Allegedly, God, this when... was kind of hilarious. We were at a welcome party, so it was our friends, family, friends from other parts of the country that flew in, just enjoying a couple beers, chatting, catching up, getting to know each other. And then out of nowhere, one of our buddies pulls up Panther Lair, and it says, Phil "Which Dracovic. just shows you how much of sickos we are." That <laughs> yeah. One of our buddies. Is it at our one of our best friends welcome party for his wedding, catching up with people we haven't seen in years, and he's just scrolling Panther Lair. But go on. Yeah, and I stared at this screen for like five, ten seconds. I, I read it. I read that it said Phil Dracovic has been moved to tight end, but I'm like, is that the Twitter font? Is this like a Photoshop job? Are you fucking with me? This is a prank. It wasn't a prank. So throughout the night, everybody who I bumped into, I'm like, you hear about Phil? They're like, yes, yes, I'm fully aware. <laughs> the The best part was every new person that we showed. It took them like a full 
20 count of staring at it to go, oh, holy shit, that's Chris Peak saying it. That's real. And then, like, like that's that's not some some moron who thinks that they have access to the program because, like, their, their buddy's second cousin's barber also cuts, like, ex-lineman's hair and yeah, never and trust tells, a barber yeah. never trust a barber um but <laughs> it was it was crispy and then it we saw it on twitter and i don't know about you guys but my first thought when i saw that was that's the most embarrassing shit i've ever heard i thought I it was quite that. funny I was oh like, yeah, yeah yeah that was honestly good if you're gonna go down bad money really? old, just fully go fuck it so i'm i'm in the camp of like after digesting that for about 10 15 minutes i was like i love it like clearly they have to go a different direction with the quarterback and maybe phil could have just been like yeah i'm gonna call it a career see you guys good luck the rest of this way but i was like no you know what he's made friends on this team he has buddies like he knows it didn't work so he's like all right I'd love to help out any way I can. Let me take some reps at tight end. And then I started fantasizing about us being in South Bend, Notre Dame, watching Phil catch a game-winning touchdown. Uh, they raise him up above his head like Rudy, and it's it's a glorious, odd, but glorious ending to this this homecoming story. That'd be like lifting up three Rudys. Just... Yeah, I was going to say, who's carrying him? Um, the forklift. I think it would be so funny if this kind of worked. So at first I was like, you know what? Great. Let Phil try out tight end. He's not going to go back in any way. Now it's Vayer and Yarnell to duke it out. So even if one of them gets hurt, they're going with the other. And if they both get hurt, all right, Phil, you're back, I guess, by default. But what do you have to lose? And then the next morning I was like, I love this. There's no chance Phil is capable of playing tight end for us. No. Maybe they throw him out for like a trick play or two, but I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, who cares? I mean, the shitty part about it is we have Bart, who's like a really, really good tight end, and he already doesn't play targeted. enough or get used enough. So it's just like, well, you're actually going to have to give up a few more snaps for Phil to you know, get out there and play for shits and giggles. I, I I hate to be the fun sucker here. And you guys know I love, like, like this is the kind of bullshit that makes me love college football. Just like, oh, our quarterback's not good. But, yeah, we just we just moved him to, like, a like a split end. And now we just feed him 12 carries a game. And, whatever, like, the Denard Blake Robinson, Bell. Braxton Miller. Blake Bell worked out pretty well. I think he's still a tight end in the NFL. Logan Thomas. He sucked as a quarterback. No, he was a great tight end. Denard Robinson played like seven years in the NFL longer than he should have. But listen, lo love, you know, some of the stuff that you guys said about like, you know, he's just trying to be a good teammate, find his way on the field. This is the most embarrassing shit ever. The quarterback that was hyped up all offseason season hometown kid coming back to Pittsburgh. The offensive coordinator and head coach stuck their neck out for him repeatedly, stood next to him, 
terrible game after terrible game after terrible game. Refused to move an inch. All of a sudden, five weeks into the season, he is not only demoted to second-string quarterback, he is not only demoted to third-string quarterback, but he's now a tight end. He switched positions entirely. And that was the bill of goods that we were sold on. That is... Like... Pitt has embarrassed itself game after game after game this year. Like we're kind of a laughing stock now. If you guys haven't noticed, but yeah, we're top five in the sickos committee power rankings. Yeah. Not a place you want to be. That's that is reserved for like Iowa and a random group of five school that something hilarious happened to in the off season or like Texas that time that the head coaches or no, the assistant coaches, stripper, mistresses, monkey, bit a kid at a party. Like, that's what those rankings are for. So to be in that position, and then our, our starting quarterback, the kid that we spent NIL money to get here, is taking snaps at tight end. That is just the cherry on top of the shit Sunday. But it's not happening now. Embarrassment, all gone. Nothing embarrassing about the season anymore. So that's the most recent update as of uh, Monday when we're recording this. Uh, Guys, what happened? Narduzzi is now denying that he was ever going to play tight end and that he was number three on the depth chart. And now he's actually the backup, which if Bayer goes down, do we really believe that they're going to bring Phil in? It's Sheriff O'Clock if if Yarnell gets banged up. We're bringing in Yarnell. Right, it has to be, right? Oh, absolutely. So, I don't know if I buy that. That press conference was was a bad performance from Dews. This isn't his first bad press performance this season. I don't understand why he is so secretive about this. Like, who cares? Just say... Oh, he's yeah. pissed off. Phil, he's Phil pissed off someone got to the league. <laughs> yeah, like someone found out that our quarterback practiced with the tight ends on Thursday. They say, yeah, Phil wanted to catch some passes, so we let him catch some passes, but we need him as a quarterback more so than a tight end. Simple as that. You don't have to be like, uh, no, I don't recall if he did individual drills on Thursday. And he was asked directly if he if he got snaps at tight end and said, uh, no, he didn't run with the ones. Like, oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know that. That exactly answers the question. Yes, I would hope he didn't run with the ones. That is that is the other uh, part of my rant that I I left off the table was if if he gets one snap over Gavin Bartholomew, I'm just punching myself in the face, clean knocking myself out. Yeah, that would be. I know we've talked about this at length multiple times. Of like, Bart should probably transfer if he wants to make it to the NFL. Uh, and we've said we would openly root for him to transfer because we want to see him in the NFL. And I won't root for him to transfer, but I will root for him wherever he ends up. Right, right. Um, 
that would have to be like the nail in the coffin. Like, okay. Like <laughs> look looking around the sidelines, like, are you guys serious? You're running gadget plays to fill right now while I'm just over I'm here. like twenty two yards of reception. <laughs> that would have to be that would have to be it for me. So Vair. The new Vera. 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 New Vera. Stylizing that and spelling it on a t-shirt is going to be hell, but I'm going to figure it out. He had a good game at Penn State once. I'll probably go back and rewatch that game. 10 times this week and talk myself into he's going to be electric just like I did with Keaton Slovis's freshman USC highlights mm-hmm. uh, for that whole offseason. I, I, I don't have much hope for this season with this offensive coordinator. I hope we can see flashes and be like, oh, wow, he really had some zip on that ball. Oh, wow, he can really move a little bit. Oh, wow, that was a gritty scramble dive for a first down like i'm hoping we can pull some flashes like that to get ourselves excited about next year i've i don't have any hope that this offense will look competent this season well dill i I think you might be getting a little bit ahead of yourself um we can we can discuss our fears hopes and dreams for the future in our next segment where we discuss our Impending ass whooping at the hands of one of the best teams in the country right now. Spoiler alert. Yes, who would have ever anticipated that we followed uh, a bunch of recent news with a Loyal Sun sportsbook and predictions? No, I mean, spoiler alert that you're not picking Pitt. Oh, and then I think I just threw you what they call a curveball. Because I'm feeling frisky this week. Well, now it's time for the Loyal Sun Sportsbook, brought to you by Big Shot Bobs, the original Big Shot Bobs in Avalon and Kennedy. We've got a, quite the sportsbook for you this week in reference to what David said, the impending ass whooping from one of the best teams in the country, Pitt versus Louisville. We're going to get that previewed now. The official start of the Christian Bay era at the University of Pittsburgh. And the first prop is going to go right alongside of that. Uh, over under 165 and a half passing yards for Bayer on Saturday. David, you want to get us started? My station as the engineer of the Christian Bayer hype train, the conductor and engineer. I don't know all that much about trains. Um, sorry, can you guys hear my laptop ringing? Nope. Okay, because my work's, like, call interface just went crazy. So, let me try that again. Listen, I, I started this season as the conductor of the Christian Veyer hype train, and I'm not giving up that position five, six weeks into the season. So I'm going to go over on Christian Veyer. Um, He looked bad against UNC. We can't deny that. I can't deny that. 
But I think he was put in a really terrible position down several touchdowns against a very, very good football team um, in a game that was fully lost, but he just wanted to make a play. A bridged playbook, not a lot of reps with the ones. I think we see a very different Christian Veyer, uh on Saturday, even if it is against potentially a better opponent than North Carolina. Um, you know, we'll find out what's hype at off of a big win and, and what's genuine football talent um, on Saturday, maybe, but I, I, I like them to run a smarter game plan with Christian Veyer. I'm tricking myself into thinking that Signetti got a little weird and dumb with Phil. Cause he, thought Phil was better. I don't know. That might not even be true either. But just just give me the over and give me some hope. Squid. I'm going to say over. I think it's a pretty good line that we made here. But I'm going to say over because I think we're going to throw the ball a lot. And I think we might come out guns a-blazing a little bit. I don't know... This might sound stupid. David Dillon, you might disagree and call me crazy for thinking this, but I feel like we might come out and not try to do the thing where it's like, oh, we have to run, 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 control the the rock. It's clearly not working. You might as well try to do something new coming out of a bye week. We've had two weeks to prepare. I'd hope we'd be a little bit creative and throw the ball a little bit more and a little bit more effectively. So I will say over. Yeah, I... I... Agree with you too. Um, I'm also hoping. What well, I don't. I'm not giving away my pick yet. I agree with you too in that they might come out and throw the ball a little bit more. Um, I'm hoping that there's like a reinvigoration in the offense with like the receivers. Like the receivers are like, all right, we got a new guy back there. Maybe he'll get us the ball. Maybe he'll at least take the shots downfield. Give us a chance at making plays. Maybe Gavin's like, you know what? I have a chance to. Uh, up my usage here because this guy's going to throw me the ball more. Um, I'm going to go under because this offense has been so putridly bad this year that I can't imagine that installing uh, a new quarterback, you know, I, I know they get the extra week, but like this Louisville team absolutely harassed Sam Hartman. He threw three picks threw for 254 yards, but uh, I don't think Bayer's, quite Sam Hartman yet. So I'm going to go under on this. You forget that Sam Hartman is allergic to Louisville. Yeah. Louisville. If I thought Pitt had his number, but Louisville has several of his numbers. I don't think that's how that saying works, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, On to the next one. Um, Jawar Jordan, Louisville running back. Dude's a stud. Uh, went for 21 for 143 and two touchdowns against Notre Dame last week. Um, we got the line here at Jawar Jordan over under 110 and a half rushing yards against this pit defense. Squid, you want to start us this time? Yep, I'm going over. I think he's very good. And the scary thing about Louisville is they are not one dimensional. CJ Donaldson had a big game against us, and they could only run the ball. They, they could not pass the ball with their terrible backup quarterback. Uh, Louisville's offense is very good. 
they're gonna do whatever they want and they will be breaking off big runs left and right so over i think i'm also gonna have to go over i'm looking at his game log this year um only two games this year has he gone under 111 yards um one of them was like an inexplicable outlier, 16 carries, 32 yards in a rock fight against NC State that they won. The other one, he only had seven carries against Georgia Tech, and he still had 96 yards. So that's 14 yards a pop. So this is clearly a guy who was uh, good, good at football. Um, and even if Pitt pulls off a miracle on Saturday, I think Jawar Jordan is uh, – going to be efficient prolific if you will trying to scratch and claw my way back into the standings here we didn't even do a score update this week and uh you know we can circle back on that next week i'm gonna go under here there wasn't a game last week so nothing to update crushed you shit um i'm gonna go under here partly because i want to catch up on you too also because my my logic here is it's gonna be uh just a usage thing because they're going to be curb stomping pit. So he's only going to get like 10 carries. So that's my pick. So he'll get like 88 yards. Yeah. He'll, he'll go like 10 for 88 touchdown. Okay. Ha- have his shoulder pads off by the fourth quarter. Christ. I hope it doesn't get that bad. Um, next up here. Pit over under 20 and a half points. We know the issues the offense has had this year. Um, I mean, I don't think there's more much more to say there. I'll go. I think they go under 20 and a half. I don't think Pitt offense has much life to them yet. I would love to see them score like three touchdowns as an offense. I don't see it. I'm going to go under here. Yeah, that'd be cool, but I don't think they will. I think I haven't landed on my score prediction yet, but I will within the next couple minutes. It's going to be less than 20 and a half. Over. I think I can tell what direction you guys are going to go in. Swell and I tip my hand a little bit. I think... A lot of what we've seen from this team the last couple weeks, a lot of the bad, well, it's mostly been bad. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has been there's there's been a chilling effect on this team. They know that when five was under center for them, they didn't have much of a shot. So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that these guys gave up. I'm not saying they were being, you know, whiny little babies or whatever. But these are young athletes, and when they know there's not a great chance of winning, that's got to depress the level of effort you're willing to put into the small details. The crisp, crispness of your routes, finishing your blocks, coming off the ball in the defensive line with a little bit more tenacity. I think we're going to see a lot more pop in the step of everyone on that field just because... Signetti and Narduzzi finally said, yeah, okay. We're going to invest in the long-term future of this team. We're, we're going to make the right decisions. And I, I, I think there was, 
I, I don't want to say they lost the locker room by continuing to start Phil. Um, however, I, I did think it sent the wrong message to the team, and now they are sending the right message, and we're going to see that via multiple touchdowns on Saturday, win or lose. Hope I so. Hope. Yeah, I hope. Next prop, uh, we're going to go over under 0.5 non-quarterback snaps for Phil Dracovic. Now, if you ask Narduzzi, he's not playing tight end. But I don't necessarily, be- necessarily believe him. Maybe he'll come in as an extra blocker on the punt team. Maybe he'll be on the kickoff team, kick return team as a blocker. Or maybe he'll just play tight end because he's been practicing with the tight ends. Allegedly. Allegedly. Squid? I'm... I don't want to say over because I feel like Signetti will give him like a weird like wildcat package, but is it really a wildcat package if it's just your backup quarterback? I don't know. Maybe they'll Treat him like Tim Tebow. Oh, do we forget the Wild Pat? True. Wild Pat with Nick Patty. There was an actual threat there. And I don't think anybody's like, what's going on? This this backup quarterback's coming in. We've only seen five games worth of tape on him, and he's terrible. I'm going under. He's not playing. I'm going under for the record as well. Why? This line was for the season. I think I would go over because I think they will at some point. But for this game, Narduzzi's going to prove a point, and he's not playing any tight end this week because Narduzzi said so and said he wasn't working with them. But like next week when it's like kind of blown over a little bit, they'll sneak him out, and he'll be like, well, actually, we did start working him in with the tight ends after that. Um, it had nothing to do with what was brought up in the press conference. Uh, but the coaches saw this and that from Phil, and we wanted to get him some some reps out there, but I'm going under for the Louisville game. Dylan, you took legitimately every sentiment right out of my mouth. He's, he's going to do it at some point. Just, I, I think, I think the fine writers and reporters of Pittsburgh bought another week of, of no fill at tight end. But honestly, as soon as I said, I, I made reference to the wild Pat when squid was giving his answer, a light bulb went off. That's I don't hate I wouldn't hate that. He's he's a better runner than Nick Patty. Nick Patty was was like gutsy, but Phil's a bigger dude with a lot more experience toting the rock. And I could see at some point, again, not this week because of those gosh darn writers. Um, I, I do think we are gonna see a wild cat with Phil, if for no other reason than like, all right, Christian looks decent. We want this guy healthy the rest of the season. So let's uh, let's get a big body in there to uh, push the pile. And also at tight end at some point. I'm banking on it. South Bend, there's going to be like a pivotal short, like third and one, fourth and one. Phil's trotting out there and taking the snap. We're down like 24 to nothing. Yeah. Correct. Um, okay. First touchdown score, fellas. Um, everyone's worth two, even Rodney Hammond. It's, we don't score many touchdowns as is, so. I'll start us, actually. Christian Bayer. 
QB sneak. Maybe he takes out a pylon on a bootleg. Veyer gets the Veyer. Veyera started with a bang. He's the first touchdown scorer. And Kitty Pickett is invading the show. Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, I I have Veyer. I'll go with Mumfield. I think we're going to throw the ball a lot. I like what he's been doing lately. He's got a better quarterback thrown to him. KP, what do you think? She really likes Rodney Hammond. No, I was I was actually going to go Christian Veyer. I'm, I'm pissed at Dylan for taking that one um, because I think Narduzzi loves to make a point. How many times have we, during the show, have we alluded to Narduzzi's love for making a point? Um, I, I could totally see him running a draw with Veyer or something, but... In the interest of being different, I'm I'm gonna pick what is like probably statistically more likely and go with Rodney Hammond. Perfect. Fellas, right now line sits at pit plus eight and a half. Eight and a half point home underdogs to Louisville. If I would have told you that two months ago, you probably would have both cussed me out. Um does pick cover and give me a score prediction. David. Actually, we're saving you for last. Squid, okay, you go. Good call. I'll go with the less fun prediction. I'm assuming, based on the shit-eating grin on David's face, I think I know where he's going. I'm going to go 34-17 Louisville. Like I said, I think Louisville's offense is pretty dynamic. They'll have us on our heels. They'll be able to run the ball. They'll be able to throw the ball. I don't think our offense will keep them off the field enough to help our defense stand tall and keep it a close game. I do, however, think we might come out of the gate strong. Louisville might be coming out uh, off of a big win, feeling good, feeling extra good about having to face Pitt this week. So Pitt might be up like 7 nothing, maybe like, like 10-3 in the end of the first quarter after a hot start. But ultimately, Louisville will figure us out. And pull away, but let the record show. I think Pitt will start the game looking good. Yeah, I'm going uh, 28-13 Louisville. I think it's not going to be a magical fix that you threw in your backup quarterback fix your offensive woes. I think this Louisville team. I was skeptical of them before last week, but after watching them really handle Notre Dame, I think they're legit and. Um, like you said, Squid, I think they might make it interesting early, and for a quarter and a half, we will be like, "Oh, th- this could be a game. This could be one of those upset wins. The, one of those games that Pitt's not supposed to win that they win." Um, but ultimately, I I think it's going to be a cold, rainy Saturday night at Acre Stadium. Um, it's homecoming. Hopefully, there's a decent crowd, but. I could see a lot of Pitt fans deciding to stay home and sit on their couch Saturday night instead of sitting out in the cold all night for another, yet another night game. Uh, and I, I think Pitt, Pitt loses fairly handily. David, tell us why we're wrong. What happened to us, man? 
We used to be the loyal sons. Now we're the cheap and when it's convenient sons. No, we're worse than that. We're the under no circumstances sons. Louisville is coming off of a program-defining win. All the momentum in the world. Their new head coach that they begged to the skies for. He's in place, and they're the number 14 team in the country. They're 6-0. and They're going to be looking forward. They have an ACC title to worry about down the stretch. A potential appearance in Charlotte. And they are going to be sleepwalking into Acrisure Stadium during homecoming, the beginning of the Christian Vey era. And Pitt is going to catch them lacking. It is going to be weird. It is going to be funky. It is going to be even, dare I say, topsy-turvy. But Pitt's going to pull this one off. Not only do they cover the eight-and-a-half-point spread, Pitt wins 22 to 17. I hope so. I truly do hope so. You got me ready to maybe sprinkle a little money line. That's what you just, got me. Just at a right little now. baby sprinkle. Maybe a little sprinkle on the money line. Doesn't make sense. Once we're out the most, they reel us back in. This would be a very pit game to win. It would. Homecoming, you know what? Let's make it happen. I'm not changing my prediction for the sports book, but you've got me juiced up a little bit. It is the start of the Bay Era. It gives us an opportunity to at least be hopeful, right? Something new, something that we can look forward to, build on to next year. Let's do it. And what what a better way to start the Bay Era than with a win over an undefeated ranked team, right? Right. On homecoming? You kidding me? No pit quarterback has ever shocked the world in his first start and gone on to an illustrious career. Undefeated ACC team coming to the North Shore. New quarterback. Sure are a lot of uh, a lot of similarities there. A lot of similarities there. Let's do it. Let's get a win Saturday. Let's drink some beers in the gold lot. Let's have fun. And let's see Phil play some tight end. Please put Phil in a tight end. Please. So funny. Just for like one play, it would be hilarious. (laughs) Just for the giggles. Correct. Well, fellas, I'm hoping we can see a winning team here uh, for the Panthers again sometime soon. Um, we've got a, kind of a tough stretch coming up. So if they don't do it this Saturday, we might be waiting a few, a good bit here. But let's just, let's just win, please. As always, hail loyal sons of Pittsburgh.